The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at YouTube.com forward slash Steven Larson, and available wherever fine podcasts are. This, of course, is... Our Matt Chat Sunday edition. It's where we field questions and debate topics from our various friendos in the Patreon universe at the $20 a month level on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. You too can be a part of Matt Chat, uh, sending us your uh, video question and uh, we'll respond to it. Uh, there's a lot of reward tiers on Patreon starting at $1, where you have access to the Going In Raw Discord and you get to watch Going In Raw for free, no ads. I mean, you get to watch free no matter what. But there's no, it's ad-free. Ad-free. There's no ads. It's an important uh, caveat to put on there. Yeah. Caveat. Caveat. Uh, uh, anyways, we've got plenty of uh, wonderful questions today. We do. Uh, we're going to kick things off uh, with a question about the best in the world. What's up? You have the notes right there, and yet you insist on looking at my screen. Um, well, you know, I like to have options. There. This is from Andy. Oh, UPS My Choice. Oh, dear. Nice. Getting all my email. Well, you put your email in front of me. Randy Nero. Let's see what Andy Nero has to say. Nero. Hey, friendos. It's the heel that makes good points, Andy Nero, with another match check question. Uh, this week, I'll try and keep it short and sweet. Uh, CM Punk is uh, a matter of uh, a little bit of debate on the Friendoverse Facebook group at the moment. Um, is he as good as we remember, or was he just a overrated internet darling? Uh, yeah, too sweet. Hi, handshake. Take care. Thank you, Andy Nero. Thank you, Andy Nero. Uh, I'll start things off. I do think, I, I th- here's the thing. CM Punk has done some things in the uh, last couple of years. Most recently, the whole Colt Cabana lawsuit thing that has left some people questioning, uh, CM Punk, yay or nay. You know what I mean? Yeah. He um, really engendered a lot of goodwill from the wrestling community. That's a good way to put it. Um you know, he did the MMA thing and he failed miserably at wow. that. Kind of did the MMA thing. He tried to do the MMA thing. And I mean, I'll be honest, like a lot of the resentment towards him probably should have been placed more at the feet of Dana White for letting him just hop up into the UFC without having to prove his bona fides at all. Um, that being said, when you look back, unfortunately, I do think that his legacy has been tainted a little bit because of his actions over the past couple of years since he was released from WWE. However, that being said, um, I do think that he is as good as people remember. I mean, that's one thing about CM Punk that I always appreciated was, you know, he burned out on pro wrestling, I believe, because he put it all out there in the ring. You can't deny the fact that him and John Cena, they had a five-star match, according to the Wrestling Observer himself. Dave Meltzer gave that match five stars at Money in the Bank 2011. Um He's still, the pipe bomb promo is still one of the most compelling, iconic promos in pro wrestling history. Um, and it it didn't really begin or, or stop there. Uh, there were plenty of awesome promos uh, after that. Before that, he had a legendary Ring of Honor career. Yeah, I think he I think he is absolutely one of the best of all time. I think he is as good as, as people say. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I think so. You can't let uh, his 
Oh no! What is this going on here? That's a that's a big that's a board. You got the big the, board out. The tiers. The big board. Say he's one of the best of all time. He's not tier one. God no. 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 He's not tier two. No. He could have been tier two. He's tier three. With Eddie, one of the best of all time. Kurt Angle, one of the best Change of all be time. Lesnar, uh, Edge. He's up there with Edge. He's tier three at, at most. Is Which he, is a damn good tier to be in. Yeah, it's not bad. Absolutely. Um, is he as good as we remember him being? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. There's only 12 people above tier three. Here's part of the problem. So top 20 of all time. Here's part of my problem. I, in my advanced years, my memory sucks. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't remember. I'm like The thing I remember most about CM Punk, we went to, that, we went to a Raw taping here in yeah, Sacramento. Yeah, he touched him. He ran up the, our aisle. I did this to him, and then further up, he elbowed a guy in the face. Yeah. That's like the lasting memory I have of CM Punk. Mm-hmm. I remember watching the pipe bomb. I seen his match against John Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was good. He was pretty good. He's yeah. re- he a great talker, good yeah. worker. Yeah. Um, apparently, attitude not always best. Yeah, that's another thing. Oh, that was the other thing I forgot to mention is when you hear stories like the one told on the Talk is Jericho podcast. Oh, yeah, with Cody and Jericho talking about where uh, Punk calling himself the, the locker room leader. And them scoffing at that. Yes. And, and honestly, like it, it didn't seem like there was any malice coming from Jericho. Jericho spoke very highly of CM Punk in his book. I read that actual chapter where he talks about his program with uh, Punk. With it's probably one of those things I just thought was funny. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And... You know, there didn't seem to be any ulterior motive there. In fact, Cody even said, I didn't really want to name any names. So it's not like they were calling him out. Um, You know, nobody's perfect. He seems like he, that dude had like a massive chip on his shoulder for some reason. Oh, yeah. That being said, um, as a fan of his in-ring work, including promos and and stuff like that, um, I was a bit, I'm a big fan of CM Punk. I think he's great. Um, I think the way that he left things and the way that he's conducted himself since then, Leaves a lot to be desired. I'm not sure I'd... Like, I'm not anxious to see him return, even though if I saw breaking news from, uh, you know, Meltzer, WrestleZone... CM Punk agrees to New Deal with WWE, main eventing WrestleMania. I'd be excited about that, because it'd be... I I would be interested to see, especially some of the matchups, Seth Rollins, I mean, all sorts of guys, that I'd be... You know, Shinsuke Nakamura... Um, AJ Styles, I'd be excited about all that. Stuff. You know, I kind of if if there was news that broke that he was returning, I think I'd probably feel the same way as I do about a lot of part timers. Is I just feel like they're taking spots that full time roster members should be getting. And yeah, that's why he's never going to do it. Cause yeah, I know. It would be hypocritical. Yeah. And so I'd be kind of it'd be like, okay, cool, it's good for us from a business perspective because people like CM Punk at pop our sure, numbers yeah. hopefully. But but personally, I really don't care. It's if he not comes back. like it's not it. Like, it doesn't super excite me right now. Like, it didn't excite me the way, like, Daniel Bryan returning, like, excites, excited yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, if I can put myself in the shoes of when they – they always pull off returns really, really well. And so, if the, the, the excitement that would be with the crowd, especially if they did it, like, in Chicago or something like that. Your uh, cult personality. Yeah. It, yeah. Would be, it would be a really I, – I can – if you try to put yourself – you project yourself into those shoes, it would be very exciting. I think it would be. Um, the idea of it now, just given what we've seen from him over the past couple of years and this whole Colt Cabana thing, like, yeah, that, that sours your taste a little bit, I mm-hmm. think. And, and mm-hmm. me too, it doesn't exactly excite me. But once it actually happened, I'd probably be totally fine with it. I think it'd be exciting. Uh, uh, next, Ryan Rugani. Ryan Rugani. Let's see what Ryan has to say. 
So I'm going to call that Randy Orton costs the SmackDown team the Survivor Series match. He's going to RKO probably Rey Mysterio for the loss. What are your thoughts on the ending of the 5-on-5 Survivor Series men's match? That's mine. And then Randy will jump to uh, Raw afterwards. Thanks, friendos. Thank you, Ryan Rugani. Thank you, Ryan. Will Randy Orton screw SmackDown Survivor Series? Heck yes, he's going to. You think so? He's got beef with Rey Mysterio. Um, I read a headline earlier today that he was upset about being left off men's Survivor Series team, SmackDown team, Survivor Series team. He is totally going to get involved in this match. Whoa, back up. What? What? What did you just say? You read what? There's a headline somewhere I saw that Randy Orton was upset about not being on the Survivor Series team. Shoot? Like real? For real? No, I think character-wise. Oh, okay. I just saw the headline. I didn't read anything. I was scrolling through Twitter, saw the headlines. Like, oh, that's not surprising. Kept on going. Continue, please. So, yeah, he's totally going to get involved, and he's going to at least screw Ray out of his spot. Probably going to RKO him, leave him get pinned, which will ultimately probably cause Team SmackDown, Survivor Series team, to lose. Yes, Orton's getting involved. He is going to uh, uh, cause some sort of uh, uh, problems for Team SmackDown. Um, as far as him going to Raw, don't think so. He and Ray have unfinished business there on SmackDown. I don't think it's changing. What did he put on Twitter? This is pretty funny, actually, because you know who he was responding to? A James Ellsworth tweet where he said, What wrestling moment caught your attention the most this week? Randy Orton responded with, me not being in the traditional Survivor Series match for the 11th time, even though I am the GOAT in that particular match, and AJ got kicked in the nuts again. <laughs> that was just two hours ago. We're filming this on Wednesday. That's a, I love that he's just on Twitter. He's responding to Carl Anderson. That's funny. That's great. Anyway. So anyways, yes, Randy's getting involved. He's going to RKO Rey Mysterio. Certainly seems that way. It'd be odd. For Randy Orton to be left off the Survivor Series thing. However, I mentioned this before uh, during our predictions episode. Um, well, this is, I mean, this is going live on Sunday. On yeah, the, day the actual day of Survivor Series, Survivor which we're Series. doing the live stream, uh, reaction live stream for it. So come tune in be about sure four o'clock or so. Out. Be sure to check it out. Um, last year, anyways, if we were to go by last year, they booked that match almost completely in a vacuum. It was as if they didn't really take into account what was happening throughout the stories on the, because raw that raw was the raw team was completely designed to implode and everybody acted like everybody was cool. If I, if I recall correctly, I mean, I'm sure there was a little bit of it. No, there was a little bit, of it. but it didn't, it didn't make a hell of a lot of sense for, for things to finish the way they finished for SmackDown to essentially just be decimated. Yeah. It was down to Shane and Randy. Yeah. They were the final two. Yeah. So I don't know, man. No, Randy's totally going to screw team SmackDown. Totally. I mean, it'd be weird for him not to be on the card. So maybe I'm totally not gonna not gonna say totally. Totally, no guarantee. Nine confidence points. <laughs> <laughs> Nine confidence. Nine points. confidence points. Oh, because man. where else is this feud gonna go between Ray and Randy unless Randy does something pick back to the de detriment of SmackDown? Yeah, it'll just pick back no, up. Because on not SmackDown. only do you have Ray upset with them, you have Shane angry with them. Everybody's already upset. With Kicks Randy things up a notch. Yes, Randy's getting involved. RKO. Why are you RKOing people again? I thought he was uh, a bad no, he guy. Should, he he shouldn't be doing that. He's a bad guy. He shouldn't be RKOing anybody. He's messing with production people again. Uh, in character, not behind the scenes. Yes. AO Worm has a question. AO Worm. Oh, man. And his adorable little daughter. Let's just roll the footage. What's going on, friend? It's your boy AO Worm. Here another match hat question. I'm here with my little oldest one right here. Say hi. Okay. So, um, 
So my match act question comes from a good friend over Rebecca that's in the friend overs. She wants to know since Brock now has the universal title again, are we stuck in limbo? Like where do we go from here? Like what's the next logical step? All right, friendos, take it easy. Two sweet hearty handshake. Say bye. Thank you, AO Worm. Thank you, AO Worm. Beautiful little daughter. She's so cute. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that that look. We had a we had a saying here on going in raw. Never bet against Brock Lesnar winning. Um, at this point, never bet against Brock Lesnar holding that Universal Championship. It's in limbo. I will almost. I know we've heard. We've heard. We've heard. That uh, Braun or Drew or somebody's going to be taking that or Seth's going to be taking that title off him at Royal Rumble. Uh-uh. I don't think it's going to happen. I think everybody thinks that Braun's going to take that title off him at Rumble after Braun destroys Baron Corbin at TLC. Nope, nope, nope. Brock is holding on that, that title till WrestleMania. They might try to do something where he takes that title to UFC, something stupid and cheesy like that. That title's being held up, held up, and is going to suck. So, yeah. No, because the big difference here, as opposed to the last time we had the belt for more than a year, is that I feel like we have an endpoint. We know that mania, it's not a guarantee. You said the it's exact not a same thing like a year ago. It's not a certainty, but if I was to put confidence points on it, there are nine. Eight. No. Seven, no, six and a half. No, six and a half confidence points. One to ten, six and a half, maybe seven confidence points that Brock will drop that belt. Mania at the latest. Could happen as soon as Royal Rumble. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and we could see it. And that's the major difference this time around. So uh, if between now and either Rumble or Mania, they build up Braun. Well, Braun's already the point. I don't know why they put the title on it anyways. Drew, Seth, Finn... Any number of talents on Raw. Lashley. Bob Lashley. Build them up to their inevitable uh, clash with Brock at either Rumble or Mania. Um, if if they want to invest the time and effort to craft an interesting story in the buildup. Brock doesn't have to be involved because he's not in the show. Just involve whoever's going to eventually face him at Mania. Um, it, it could be an interesting story. Um, I, it's like, like the... Uh, the angst involved with his previous run was like, well, this is seemingly never ending. Yeah. It just keeps going and going and going. And it's still going. No, he, he didn't have it for a while. And if, if, if Roman had, didn't have uh, his health issues, Roman would still have it. Yeah, well, there's no you know Roman what Brock, now. Brock is right now. He's a transitional champion. Oh, man. Yep. No. Brock right now is a transitional champion. He will lose that belt, meaning at the latest. Knowing that. I mean, he's a long time. Yeah, it's like four and a half months. Maybe it's a long time from now. Knowing that's the case, I don't feel another the, the dread months. that I did during his previous run. I know in five months it'll be in someone else's hands, and all will be well. We knew for a fact that Vince McMahon had his dude in Roman Reigns. That nightmare that we went through was all just getting, we don't know who Vince likes right now. He doesn't like anybody. Well, he should like Drew McIntyre. He should like any number of people. Brilliant. We don't know any of that stuff, man. He likes Brock Lesnar. Well, that's true. But he can like more than just Brock Lesnar. And he's going he's gonna to try to finagle 
Daniel Cormier into some sort of deal with the WWE too. So it's going to be Daniel Cormier and Brock Lesnar fighting over that Universal Championship. Yep, believe it. And the rest of the dudes there on Monday Night Raw, day in, day out, 385 days a year, are going to be trying to fight over that Intercontinental Championship. It raises the prestige of the Intercontinental Championship. And the rest of them are going to be fighting over table scraps. You can be more positive. TV time. A lot at the end of the tunnel. Next question. No reason to be positive here. From Christopher Rampersad. Let's see what Christopher has to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. So my question is, after Daniel Bryan winning the WWE Championship, do you think that Daniel Bryan's still getting buried, or this is an opportunity for Brock to squash him at Survivor Series? What is your thoughts on this? Thank you, Christopher Rampersad. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, no, Daniel Bryan is not going to get squashed by Brock Lesnar. What we saw last year between Brock and AJ Styles, I think, is the template they're going to work with. This time around, Daniel Bryan is going to use his technical skills to work limbs, get Lesnar off his feet, uh, exact uh, pain on various parts of his body. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's only going to take an AJ Styles uh, run-in to keep Daniel Bryan from potentially winning the match. Daniel Bryan is not getting squashed. This will be competitive. It, Brock will come out. He'll be dominant for, uh, for a bit. Daniel Bryan will finally uh, take advantage of his uh, speed, quickness advantage as well as his technical prowess get Brock off his feet amazing story good match I have a really really hard time believing that they would this this Daniel Bryan heel turn thing character shift is a major moment for the WWE for the stories they're trying to tell his title win is also that and so I have a hard time believing it, it would completely destroy or it would railroad the story they're trying to tell mm-hmm. by having Daniel Bryan achieve this goal, have the prestige title, walk in and then just get annihilated. Yeah. So I think you're right about that. I think Daniel Bryan's going to put up a, a hell of a fight. I think there's going to be uh, I think he's going to use his smaller size to sort of chip away at the giant. Yep. It's going to be like a attack on Titan type situation that we have here. And then uh, he might come close to... And then AJ... Just, I have never seen any attack on Titan. I just know there's naked giants. I've never That's seen a all f- I know. frame... Well, it's not true. I have seen a frame of it. The, I know that... I mean, the art style is really cool. Yeah. And I, people say it's great. Yeah. But... There's a know, lot of stuff I need to watch. Who has time for all that? Exactly. I've been wanting to watch Better Call Saul because I watched like the first two seasons of that. It's so good. Yeah. But... I don't I've never even watched Breaking Bad. Yeah. It's good stuff. Anyways, next up, uh, uh, Christian. Christian! Not at work. Let's see what he has to say. Sup, guys. Is the Hall of Famer Christian here with yet another Matt Chat question this week. So, we all know the main event of NXT TakeOver War Games is the War Raiders, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne versus the Undisputed Era. I think I can book that match better. I think the match should be Ricochet and the War Raiders versus... The Undisputed Era, three members versus British Strong Style. Winner takes all the belts. The only downside to this match, of course, is that one of the Undisputed Era members will have to sit out, but that is okay. Um, do you guys think the match that NXT booked is better? Do you guys like my idea better? Too sweet and a hearty handshake. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. That, originally, we both thought it was going to be Undisputed Era, Ricochet and uh, War Machine uh, versus British Strong Style. Um, that's how I would have preferred it. Uh, if only, if only to see more Trent Seven because everybody needs 
more Trent Seven in their life, as witnessed by that amazing promo he doled out to poor Zach Gibson on NXT UK a week ago. It was brilliant. It was amazing. More Trent Seven, more British Strong Style together as a unified group. Uh, and yeah, I think that would have added an element um, of uh, unpredictability there. Um, I'm fairly certain Undisputed Era is going to win at War Games because it just kind of makes all the sense in the world. Um, but add British Strong Style in there, it, it sort of changes things a little bit. I don't think they would have won necessarily, but I think it could have changed things a little bit because you have more pieces to the puzzle there. Mm-hmm. No. Traditional War Games match, four on four. <laughs> Not three teams of three. Tradi- what is that? Um, hopefully they'll put the roof back on the War Games cage like it was in the olden days. No, man. Um, You're living in the past. No way, man. Um I know it's like the the team of Ricochet, War Raiders, and Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn's a heel. No, he's not. He's a tweener. He's a heel. He's a tweener. He's it's kind of a, an odd, odd mix of guys, but they've all been kind of involved in some capacity together. Um, and I'm sure Triple H has plans after this mm. that that made him decide this was these were the two teams he wanted to go with, as opposed to the three man team triple threat match. Um, so let's wait and see what happens afterwards mm. before judging this um, and wishing we had seen uh, Undisputed mm. Era, Ricochet, War Raiders, and British Strong no, Style inside the cage. Prejudge, be angry, and then spit venom at all the competitors on Twitter. Be sure to do that. No, it's terrible advice. Uh, Cactus Jackie, the masked Cactus Jackie. Let's see what she has to say. Hi, Steven Larson. Cactus Jackie here. Back with another match hat question. So Survivor Series is on Sunday, and for us in the U.S., Thanksgiving is a couple days after. So I would like for you to do a little bit of fantasy booking and book the return of the Gobbledygooker at this year's Survivor Series. It can either be a one-off appearance, or it can be a a couple weeks long storyline that probably lasts a little bit longer than it should. You decide. Uh, That's pretty much it. Hope everybody has a nice Thanksgiving that celebrates. Uh, otherwise, have a nice day. Thank you, Cactus Jackie. Thank you, Cactus Jackie. Okay, how about this? Uh, here we go. Charlotte Ronda's about to go down, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's, they put in the main events, main mm-hmm. event slot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, just before the match, we're back there in the dressing room, and the gobbledygooker has uh, Ronda in the disarmor. Oh. The disarmor. Has her in the disarmor. It's not too dissimilar in the idea I had. Rhonda goes out there. Oh, get her arm. Charlotte, figure eight, gets the tap out victory. Rhonda eats her first loss. The gobble, the, the big turkey comes out there and uh, unmasks, and it's James Ellsworth. Oh, Whoa, swerve, shocking. Swerve, James Ellsworth returns. So here's the idea I had is that uh, during the Men's Survivor Series match, there's this man-sized turkey that runs out the ring. RKO. <laughs> But then also later on, during Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar, you have the same anthropomorphic turkey yeah. run out there. Yeah. Phenomenal uh, forearm. Phenomenal forearm. And you're like, hold on. Who is this? Is this Orton? Is this AJ? Here? Yeah. And unmasked, it's Adam Cole. <laughs> Undisputed era debuts. Yeah. But they're all like, they have their new gimmick is mascot costumes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're all various animals. Right. Exactly. And they just lose every match they have. Devin the Dude has a question. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos, it's Devin the Dude here, uh, back with another Matt Chat question. Uh, after returning from the main event, 
of last match at. Uh, it's been a rough uh, day since hearing the news about Becky. Um, I mean, it sucks, but hey, we'll never know. I mean, I'm waiting till the Royal Rumble to buy my WrestleMania ticket. We'll see what happens. I mean, here's the hoping, right? Um, with that being said, uh, where do you see them going now um, with Charlotte? If Becky ends up with the main event of WrestleMania, do you really think they'll just do a Charlotte versus Oscar match again, or could they do something else? Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I like I said, I do love Charlotte. And I do love Becky and. That hug, like, I agree with you guys, did look not scripted. And Charlotte's reaction was just pure joy to at least hug her best friend at least one more time on camera. Um, but what are your thoughts? Uh, thank you so much, and uh, stay strong, brothers. Thank you, Devin the Dude. Thank you, Devin. Um, that is a good question. What is going to happen with Charlotte? plan for Charlotte? So that she had her big loss, crisis of confidence thing with Becky they were going to do where Charlotte didn't want to be part of Team SmackDown or she didn't want to be captain or whatever. Yeah. And they kind of let that go, and then the whole uh, Becky... Uh, well, they seemed like they were going to address it because they were talking about it, I believe, on Raw uh, this week. Uh, and that Charlotte was offered the captainship of Team SmackDown. She had declined. She was named as a member of the team um, by Paige. Howard didn't come to the ring with all the other right. uh, competitors. Oh, Manny Rose came out. Exactly. And she started running everybody down. So I think that was the route they were going to go where Charlotte was unsure of her place in the SmackDown women's division at the time because of her losses to Becky. Um, obviously, they had to do a, a quick pivot to this. So I guess they can use her match against Ronda Rousey as... Further fuel for that story. Potentially. Big, one big way or the other. It, it could be a situation where she's so disheartened by the loss... Um, and not be able to fight, as she said on SmackDown, for Becky, mm -hmm. effectively enough, that you know it, it, it gets her down. Or she can say, yeah, I lost. I lost again. Um, however, uh, I gave Ronda her toughest test yet, mm -hmm. proving my bona fides. Mm -hmm. I can hang with anybody and then start her on the track to uh, winning more matches, getting more championships. You know, I mean, they could do something like she has a big high-profile loss against Ronda. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Her her loss against Becky uh, uh, in that last woman standing match at Evolution was was fantastic, and she came so close, and she still came up short. Yep. There, if they replicate something like that with Ronda, where she, she still comes up short. She still doesn't have the confidence to say, I took her to her limit because she didn't win. Mm -hmm. And so they can still roll with that, give her a couple more losses even until she turns it around at the Rumble, turns in one of those, you know, huge, huge performances at the Rumble where she comes in, you know, first or second. She lasts the entire thing, sets a new record for eliminations. Mm -hmm. It comes down to like her and Oscar, maybe. She eliminates Oscar, which sucks for Oscar, but you know, she's Oscar. She'll be fine. Um, or she won't. Um, so Charlotte wins the Rumble. Becky still has her claim at Ronda Rousey. So they all three go to Mania in the first women's main event at WrestleMania triple threat match. Um, I think that'd be great because on the, in that in that regards, that was the one thing about Roman that I always felt when you make the comparison between Charlotte and Roman as two people that the crowd isn't necessarily behind, but they keep on winning and winning and winning, mm -hmm. is that Roman never really had sort of a humbling moment where he had to question himself. Um, if you give that to Charlotte, I really believe that the fans will start to rally behind her uh, almost in like, you know, it, it's always fun to watch somebody get their, 
you know, they, they lose their, their swagger, if you will, and they mm-hmm. have to find mm-hmm. it again. Get it back, yeah. Get it back. And so that's one reason for fans to root for Charlotte going into Mania. You know, fans have a different reason to root for Becky going to Mania, and fans have an even different reason to, and to root for And there's another uh, potential upside to that is if they want to have a Becky-Ronda matchup at Mania, but they don't want – they want Becky to win, but Ronda to not necessarily lose. Yeah. You can have Charlotte in there. She can take a pin and be yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got oh, Matt Chat Hall of Fame. B-Man. B-Man. Patrick Sparks. Hey, friendos. Pat here. All right. So this week's debate is about the wellness policy. We always hear about the wellness policy and all that stuff and how they've fixed it quite a bit since uh, specifically the Benoit thing and then a little bit of the Guerrero thing. But just overall in general, they fixed it so far. But let's say that the tragedy of Benoit never happened and all that stuff. And they never really got around to cleaning up the wellness policy. And it was kind of still where it was back then, if that was the case today. What would the WWE look like? If they never changed their wellness policy, never updated it, what would it look like? Do you think it would be a shit show? Do you think more people would have died? Or do you think eventually they would have actually came around on their own? And fixed it without having the tragedy of a suicide or anything like that or lawsuits? Or do you think it would be a shit show? Thanks, Rendos. Bye. Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, B-Man. Uh, you can go, wait, who go, I'll go first. This is a really interesting question. It is. Um, if there was no flashpoint for the wellness yeah. policy to be instituted, Benoit. I still think they would have. They might have been late to the game, but they still would have come around to some sort of concussion protocol that seems to be the norm in athletics these days, given what we've learned about what concussions do to the brain, mm-hmm. and especially with wrestling being on par with football as far as uh, reoccurring head trauma, mild head trauma. Um, uh, but you'd think at some point they'd come around and realize, okay, uh, concussions are bad for your head. Um, we need to take these seriously. We need to let uh, wrestlers recuperate when they have concussions. We will allow them to do that instead of pushing them out in the ring and making them wrestle more. As far as the performance-enhancing drugs aspects of it, I don't know. Um, it already seemed like in the early mid-aughts, um, baseball was getting a lot of bad press because they were turning a blind eye to performance enhancers um, in the game. Um, and because of that bad PR, they've really have cracked down on it i don't know if professional wrestling would have faced the same backlash had they let that slide um as you said without some sort of flashpoint mm-hmm. who knows yeah um but definitely for sure the concussion thing they would have come around on it might have been a little late to the game but they would have come around to that i think so wwe is typically there's they sort of fall in line with you know the rest of professional sports when it comes to that kind of stuff so they would have been they would not have been pioneers they would have they would have fallen in line have been late to the game but it would have happened eventually um i don't know i i don't know here's here's the thing i don't know it, it's so difficult to tell because i'm sure the wellness policy has benefited wrestlers mm-hmm. greatly mm-hmm. but it's difficult to tell had it never been in place, how bad it would have gotten for them to have done it. I mean, Chris Benoit was a massive sea change. You know, Eddie Guerrero was a big, a big deal as well. And so I'm not sure if, 
any wrestlers literally had their lives saved by the wellness policy. It's difficult to tell um, if any behavior changed so greatly because of it that that you know the, the, the they would have potentially had died had it not come into and that mm-hmm. could have been a flashpoint. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that they would have had they would have had to have had something. I mean, even if it was. You know, we saw so many in such a short period of time during those 2000s, so many wrestlers like WWE and non-WWE sort of ended up dying or or whatever um, because of, you know, a litany of those issues. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, at some point it would have been like, this is really, really bad press. We need to get get with the times. But I think I definitely think with the with how big of a deal. Um, football sort of turned the concussion issue into. They would have definitely yeah. They would have had to have concussion. They would have had to have yeah, for sure. Uh, next, Joshua the Dynamic Knight Martinez. Ooh, question about Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, let's see what Joshua has to say. Hey, friendos, just getting home from the gym. Sorry for skipping out last week. Uh, it was a busy week, but as of this recording, Tuesday, it's the anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's passing, and he was one of my favorites. And, well, he still is. And growing up, semi-knowing my father, uh, it's kind of stupid to say, but Eddie, Eddie Guerrero was kind of like a father figure to me. And so um, it's good to remember him. And I was wondering, what are some of your favorite Eddie Guerrero moments? Um, powering some meat one or two is fine. But yeah, I'd be interested to see what you guys think. Thanks for those. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. Yeah, it's hard not to say. It's hard not to say the end of WrestleMania 20. When both he and Benoit were world champions, you know everybody would always say that uh, Vince has Vince has a thing against wrestlers that he didn't create. Um, and the end of WrestleMania 20, when you had Benoit and Guerrero in there, two guys that Vince did not create. Those guys, they they came up in WCW, and of course, you know Mexico, Japan. Um, to see them and that confetti raining down mm-hmm. was such a real moment mm-hmm. between those two guys. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely beautiful, and uh, and yeah, it was it was really fantastic. But man, I mean, I remember even when we used to watch WCW, what a high point Eddie Guerrero oh, was. Sheet to win, man. Yeah, sheet to win. He was so good even back then. Um, the LWO stuff. Oh yeah. And it was always so sad because you always just knew you would always get excited when they get involved in something relatively high profile, but you always knew that Hogan was there and there would never, yeah. th- those guys, Benoit, Jericho, uh, uh, Guerrero, Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko, they would never get a shot at like the real main event. So like you would always think of the U S slash TV title scene as like, Oh, we get this. This is where the cool stuff is. Yeah, no, here. And the cruiserweight division. And of course the cruiserweight division. Um, but, uh, and then when the, uh, the radicals debuted, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was so exciting. It was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I get to see what these guys look like, but in the cool WWF way I of know, doing things. I know. And it was just as cool as you figured it'd yeah. be, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, do you remember that, that, that uh, time that Eddie did the frog splash and dislocated his elbow? Yeah. Oh God. Not a favorite Eddie moment. No, that um, like it hurt like hell. But I remember that one. That's like one of the things that sticks in my 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 mind. Oh man! Oh, his match against JBL where he <sighs> passed out went to shock from bleeding so much. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. He was awesome. Eddie was one of the best. All the all the the you know where he throws the chair at a at his competitor at his opponent and then falls down. Yeah, ref starts looking. Yeah, I saw somebody post a video of that 
on his um, the other day when he did that with Mr. Kennedy. He was awesome. He was like, yeah, screw you, Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, Eddie was one of the best. He was. Uh, next, from Tim Spulock. Let's see what Tim has to say. Steve Larson, Tim Spulock, and Sean back with another Matt Chat question. We're going to do something long and complicated with the drill this week, but we decided to keep it simple. With sibling rivalry, we know that there's rumored to be two camps after Vince eventually steps down, whether that's Stephanie and Triple H or Kevin Dunn and rumored to be Shane. So the question is, what would each WWE look like in the future with either side taking lead? Or what would a WWE look like with both sides taking on a show? Debate that for me, and uh, I'll talk to you guys from Denver next week. Can I get you anything? Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. He's about to get. Remember that movie Pie, where he like zzz, yeah. he drilled his own head. Yeah. That's what's about to happen. There. Yeah, it seemed that way. And that was some saw-like stuff going on there. E. Anyways, who should take over WWE when Vince is gone? Stephanie and Triple H, or Kevin Dunn and Shane? Well, go ahead. All right. I mean, it's it's Stephanie and Triple H. It's that's so easy because, like, look at NXT. It's amazing. It's the best TV show ever. And imagine that, but main roster. That'd be great. <laughs> that's all I have to say. You know, there's got to be some reason that Kevin Dunn's still around, other than Vince just likes him. Dude, listen. He's got to know something, right? Listen, week to week, it is impressive that they are able to put on five hours of TV. And it runs basically seamlessly. Seamlessly. Basically, yeah. From a and, production standpoint, and yes. Kevin Dunn has a lot to do with that. Yeah, totally. You know, so yeah. I mean, Shane, I'm not really aware of what he's done creatively in terms of the wrestling aspect. I know he's like one one of the things, one of the reasons he left, I believe, um, initially, was that he wasn't more involved in that respect. Um, you know who I think would actually make a better team than either of those two pairings? Not to say, look back at that at when they asked Cody who came up with Stardust. Who did he say it was? Stephanie. Stephanie. Give me Triple H and Shane. Mm-hmm. Give me Triple H and Shane. Shane seems like he'd be a very collaborative guy. Yes. He seems like he'd be open to, he seems more than, more than, Stephanie seems like a direct product of Vince. Yes. Shane does not. No. And even though he looks like him, um, and Shane s- seems more like Triple H. And you, you hear Triple H talk, and he seems to be open to collaboration and take yeah. influences from you know a wide variety of things and incorporate into, into his, this case NXT. And Shane seems more in tune with that. Yeah, he does. Way yeah. of doing things. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be interesting. And on top of that, Shane was gone for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's always good to have like sort of a different set of eyes. He had. I mean, look. I know we we did not like. The, the the SmackDown storyline with him and Kevin Owens, Mm-mm. but the fact that if the creative was better, like he worked well with Kevin Owens and Sami yeah, yeah, Zayn, yeah, yeah, yeah. like he did a lot of great stuff with them in terms of them working together, not yeah. the creative behind it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it dragged everything to a to a yeah, halt. It, 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 but the fact that he would, you know, because he's used to, he used to work with like Kurt Angle and Triple H and stuff like that, you know, working with Kevin Owens, that's kind of a sign of respect for Kevin Owens. Oh yeah, you know? oh yeah. So I don't know, and you know, obviously we love Kevin Owens. Heck yeah! So I think I would I would prefer the team of Triple H and All right. Shane McMahon. We can both endorse that point of view, Steve. All right. Uh, next up, Stephen M. Let's see what Stephen M. has to say. Gonna stop here for another six months. Do you're your linguistic expert, Stephen M. Here with another match chat question. 
Now, I was thinking a way to spice up the Mixed Match Challenge. Uh, for Season 3, I think they should bring in um, the Mixed Match belts, so mix a, a whole Mixed Tag division, and crown the inaugural Mixed Match um, Tag Champs. And I was thinking the people to do this would be Shayna Baszler and Samoa Joe against Bailey and Finn in the finals, because I think Samoa Joe and Shayna Baszler would just be the perfect team. And I believe a Mixed Tag division would just spice up and give opportunity to people that otherwise aren't doing much. So who would you want to see win the mixed match belts and who would be some teams you'd love to see in it? Too sweet. Eddie Handshake, Steve Shoulderlean. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. You gotta give the first mixed match tag championships to the most dominant team in the history of mixed match challenge thus far. Miz. Mm-hmm. Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's the correct answer. This Miz and no, Oscar. Here, I've got the right answer. Or or Braun and Alexa Bliss. No way, she can't even wrestle anymore. She's retired. Not true. Naomi and J- Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Uso. Yes. Naomi and Uso. Um, they should be. You know, here's the thing. They already kind of who, like whoever has these titles needs to be aligned outside the world of mixed match challenge, which. By the way, I think it, it'd be a good idea to have sort of like there to have the mixed match challenge be kind of a continuing thing. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. It gives you a house show feel. They do so many fun things. You don't need to wear the belts everywhere you go. But Naomi and Jimmy Uso, obviously they're married. They can act, which they kind of have in the past, as kind of a faction. We have seen her aligned with uh, with her husband and her husband's brother. Um, and to see those ti- more titles, I always love when factions have a lot of titles. Oh, yeah. And so to see titles, number one, Naomi needs to be a champion again of some sort. Yeah, so does Asuka. She needs to be a champion in, on the main roster. Yeah, but Mixed Mad, that's too small for her. That's small for her. It's better like than a nothing. Facebook. It's Can it be like better than nothing. a big blue strap with like a big Facebook logo? No. Facebook presents mixed match division titles championships. Great. Naomi and Jimmy Uso. I think that's perfect. That's great. All right. Because they'd actually wear the titles. I think Miz and Oscar to wear the titles too. They're never together. They're never they're together. They're together when it counts when they're having a match t- together. Yeah, but you want them to wear it regardless. Yeah. Next, Therith Abada. Let's see what Therith Abada has. Therith Abada. Hey, guys. This week, the Friendoverse wants to know, is who are some of the biggest Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty pairings in both WWE main roster and in NXT right now? Thanks, guys. Thank you, Therith Abada. It's the Street Profits, right? Every time the Street Profits do something cool, Montez Ford is doing it. And then the other guy just can't even. He has like a like a two-inch vertical. Have you seen when he does that thing when he runs? Yeah, no, I know. Uh, what's the name? Angelo Dawkins? Yeah. He runs in the corner and he like does a spinning thing. Yeah, and it does like looks, 360 Larry. It yeah. looks so terrible. And he gets like no air on it whatsoever. He is like, nah, man, that dude has got Marty Janetti written all no over No way, him. man. Absolutely. You're no, crazy. No, I think they can be a successful tag team together. Um, I don't. I, I went through the roster. And yeah, there's tag teams where it seems like, you know. Montez Ford, he's more athletic. He's more charismatic than Angela Dawkins. That can't be debated. But how many people are, are as athletic and as charismatic as, as as charismatic as Montez Ford? Not very many. Look, man, we got to answer the hard and questions. I'm, well, I'm going to answer it because I, I would look through the tag teams on main roster in NXT, and there are teams where one member 
you could argue has maybe more charisma or in-ring ability than the other, but I don't see an, a situation where the disparity is so vast. Oh, there wasn't that big of a disparity between Shawn Michaels and No, the, 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 really the disparity was just their general attitude and professionalism levels. Um, you know, like Shawn Michaels, say what you will about his attitude, he always delivered in the ring. Uh, per, uh, Marty Jannetty had all sorts of issues he was dealing with. Um, but yeah, in terms of in-ring ability, they were both really good wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not like Janetti was like pure trash. No, no, I'm no. I'm not saying Angelo Dawkins is garbage. No, I understand. I'm that. just saying there is a wide out of if you have to pick anybody across the rosters, they do. They most teams complement each other. Yeah, totally. These well, days, and I would argue, and, very and, and, well. And, and, and uh, Angelo Dawkins, he compliments Montez Ford. I'm not saying he doesn't, man. I'm just saying Montez Ford is like next next level. Yeah, he is. And Angelo Dawkins is just level. Yeah. Okay. There is a disparity there. There's a disparity. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, man. But I'm not saying there's there's not a disparity out there that you could look back in ten years, I think, and say Janetti of the of the team, because it's not so much a matter of Janetti's shortcomings, weren't so much a matter of his injury performance, because we just said he was a pretty good wrestler in his own right. It was just kind of everything else he struggled with. Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're right in that he, he didn't have nearly the charisma of HBK. He no. wasn't nearly the in-ring performer. He was a good... Yeah, he was, he was a, a good worker. He was a serviceable worker. Yeah. And that's what, Ange, that's what Angelo Dawkins is. He's a serviceable worker. But I think... Look, man, I'm not trying to anybody. When you dub someone a Janetti... That's like a huge insult. It is really bad. It is. And I don't think there's anybody on the main roster or NXT in a tag team that right now you can view and say, that's a Janetti. I just don't think it's it's there. I, th- I think the talent level across the board is so high. I think, like, I can't see anybody in these tag teams right now who's going to be, like, in this, anywhere close to the state Marty Janetti is in right now. Well, no, because there's a wellness policy and everybody's smarter right now. I think Angelo Dawkins is going to have a fine wrestling career yeah. regardless of where he ends up after they break them up and he gets released. Um, I don't think for a second that he's going to be on Facebook asking people. <laughs> I won't even continue that. I can't say the words. I can't say what he did, what he asked people on Facebook. But here's the thing. If Marty Jannetty hadn't, hadn't, hadn't burnt out like he did, if he kept himself together and had a, a, a serviceable career, there would not be this conversation of who is the genetic of a tag team. Oh, you think that term never would have come to pass? No. You're, yeah, you're probably wrong. I don't know, dude. He had a lot. Yeah. I think it, was, it wasn't so much what he did on camera in the ring. It was everything else. You're probably right about that. But I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. But I'll be honest with you. I cannot think of another tag team in WWE that has the same disparity. No, I understand. That I see a, between Montez and there is a disparity. And I did, there is a, there but is a disparity. You are right. It's partially because Montez Ford does actually seem to be that good. Yeah. It that, that absolutely does seem to be the case. Yeah. Man, I watched. Speaking of of his wife, um, I watched her promo with Mia Yim again twice oh, this oh, morning. So good. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. There was one other. Un- duh. There was the one other tag team that I thought maybe. Who? Come on. Now I have to remember who it is. The Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, that's one. Luke Harper is is fantastic. And Eric Rowan is serviceable. I'll say this. In terms of in terms of pro wrestling, 
it's difficult to come to it's it's difficult to see it's difficult to see Chad Gable earning his full potential in the tag team with Bobby Roode. Mm-hmm. Bobby Roode is so much money, and they're doing him such a disservice mm-hmm. right now. Um, and I, Chad Gable even isn't getting anything out of this. No. They're both on the losing end of that stick. It's um, weird. The other team I thought of, and it's debatable, uh, Heath Slater's got great comedic timing. <laughs> I wonder if you're going to bring them up. As a wrestler, he's pretty so-so. Yeah. Uh, Rhino is past his prime, but in his prime, he was pretty darn good. You know what? Ta- you know what other tag team I think is actually being held down by their basically their gimmick, uh, Breezango, mm-hmm. because that that gimmick that like fashion files thing had such a limited ceiling. Oh yeah, I know. It was so limited, and the thing about especially Fandango, that dude could be massive right now. He's got the looks, the athleticism, oh, yeah. the charisma. Yep. The comic time. He has everything. I know. I know. And, and they saddled, saddled him from with the that. very beginning with an awful gimmick. Yeah. Oh, it's And he so tried bad. his damnedest to make it something. He did. And he still makes it entertaining. Yeah. He starts violently grinding his pelvis. I, that'll never un- it's not hilarious. be funny to me. That'll never not be it's funny. It's hilarious. This, is my, that's not, this next question is my favorite question. All right. Let's get to it then. Zach S. What's good? See Larson Manny Fundos out there. Here's your matchup. Hawk and your Zach S. Come at you with another matchup question question to me is, if you were the booker, what would you think would be a more difficult match to book? The Montreal Screwjob or Hulk Hogan vs. Warrior at Halloween Havoc 98? Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. I think he's walking on the freeway right now. He really needs to, like, stick, to, just be, stick to sidewalks. It could just be a busy street. I don't know, man. I think he's going to become a nomad. He's going to a journeyman. Sticking the you ever, you ever hitchhike before? God no. No, it's terrible. That idea. seems frightening. Everybody who hitchhikes gets murdered. That's factual. I think it's everybody. That is actually true. Anyway. Anyways, do you want to go first? Okay, so the more more difficult match to book. Did he did he in that question I totally zoned out. Did he say something about refing? No, he no. said if you were the booker, what is okay. the most difficult match to book? And my point about the Montreal screw job is that all you got to do is tell Brett this is going to happen, knowing full well that's not what's going to happen. But that's the problem. You have Brett Hart, a guy who helped your company weather. He was the, the, the rock, the foundation that helped your company weather the steroid trial, uh, losing Hogan, the I'm whole sure, I'm sure, Yokozuna I'm Luger sure thing. Vince would say it's nothing personal, it's just business. Well, if you're a normal human being who has a soul and a conscience, it would be really difficult to be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Sean, you're going to put him in the sharpshooter and uh, Earl, just ring the damn bell. Oh, it's not like, easy. That would be horrible. Yeah, it would suck, and especially the aftermath when Brett spits in your face and cold cocks you. That would suck too. On the other hand... With your with Hogan Warrior, I think we legitimately split here. With Hogan Warrior, you've got two guys who ain't gonna listen to you, so it doesn't matter a damn what you're doing. You can essentially take that match off because Hogan and Warrior were wrestling two differently booked matches. Exactly, and they that's were the wrestling issue. their own booked matches. If I'm a competent booker, which I don't know who was booking WCW at the time, Hogan. Oh, so no, I mean I'm not legitimately Bischoff probably or Kevin Sullivan maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and my job is to try to put forth the best of my ability, uh, a compelling story being told in the ring. You are going to be scapegoated, dude, for that match. 
they're going to look at oh, you I and understand, be like, but, that but, match was a mess. But that's the thing. If you know that, it's like, okay, if this match is a mess, who's, who are they going to blame? This guy. And if your reputation's on the line, gosh darn Nothing it. you can do. No, I know, but you got to try. And if you go to Hogan and you're like, let's do this, 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 and I'm sure he's just like, okay, brother. Okay, brother. But you know you're talking to a wall. <laughs> you know, there's nothing's sinking in there. Yeah. You go to the Warriors locker room, have the same conversation with him, and he's just doing this the whole time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you just know you're talking to a wall. Yeah. And you go back and forth. You try to get some communication going. Yeah. Like in the moment, that's going to be the most frustrating damn thing, knowing that you're going to be the one that's blamed for everything. Yeah. When you tried your damnness. Oh, man. You just be like, you look at Hogan, you know you're talking to a wall. I'm not even going to try. Hey, Hogan, I have a great idea. Big bootleg drop. How about that? And that's what you do in like today, group text. Yeah, exactly. It's group text, an email group text. Exactly. Say, so here, here, here's the, the layout for the match. Uh, uh, you know, if you guys have some ideas, let's bounce them back and forth within this, this group text. Yeah. And then, then you have a, a paper trail. Everybody, so people says, yeah. you're the blame for this. And you're like, no, here. Yeah. This is, gets leaked. Here's the actual book sheet with the, the spots all planned out. Number one, Warrior doesn't know how to use a cell phone. He doesn't know about group text. Uh, number two, uh, Hogan will just know. He just won't even respond. He knows how to use it, but he, it'll it'll mark, be marked as red. He'll leave it unread. It'll be the perpetual three dots. <laughs> exactly. And then so but you go. But that's you, not hold the, on. You go to them individually, and you're like, "Listen, man, we really need to get this hammered out. The match is happening in like five hours. We got to do this." Okay, brother. Big boot, leg drop. Okay, Hogan. You go, and he's not budget from that. You go to Warrior, he's doing that stuff, and he's like, and he's saying some garbage out of his mouth, and you're like, okay, whatever. And you're like, listen, it's, he, you're brought in to lose to Hogan, you know that. And so Warrior offers up suggestions. You say, okay, fine, Warrior, that's fine. And then you go, and like, right before the match, you see Hogan talking to the referee of the match. Doing this. <laughs> Exactly. And then you just got to say, you just got to start working on your resume. That's, no, that's what I'm saying. Is, 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 is you do the group text, you do the email with, with the, the breakdown of the match. So when things inevitably go south on you, mm -hmm. you can just get that, have that leaked. But you're so you not, can say, you're, at least I, as a booker, did my job. It's on them that it didn't work. But you're not emotionally involved. You're not stabbing. I would you're be, not stabbing somebody in the back. I would be emotionally involved and my job was on the line. But you're not stabbing anybody in the back. Your conscience is clear. It is clear as day. It would be clear. With booking it, that it Survivor be, Series it, it match. Would, it would be clear. The Hogan Warrior case, it would be clear up until the point where I'm on the unemployment line and can't feed myself or my family. Hey, then you call up uh, uh, Jerry Jarrett. Call up Paul Heyman, see if ECW is hiring. But you can sleep at night at least knowing that you're a good person. You do that stuff with Brett, you can't sleep at night. You're a terrible person. Kind of. It's just a business. Brett really should have let that one go. Yeah, he should have. Anyways, at the $20 mark here on Patreon, you too can be part of Matt Chat. Uh, check it out at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Tell your friends. Until next time, talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.